Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Kane back of the net. He sent it up for Carpenter. Slice and he scores! And Patrick Kane has a thousand NHL points! Chris Bowden and Joe Brand break down the latest storylines concerning your Chicago Blackhawks. Here's the shot blocked by Coyne. Coyne shovels it out in front of her. It's a one-on-one. Coyne with a shorthanded chance. She scores! As a young kid, I, I always dreamed to be a part of this organization. And while that has evolved over time from maybe being a player to being a player development coach, it's finally here, and I'm so excited to be a part of this organization. Here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Hello, everyone. Well, what do you know? Two Blackhawks crazy podcasts in the span of less than a week. And we have some good news to talk about. Welcome into a fresh edition of the Blackhawks crazy podcast. I'm your Blackhawks pre and post game host on WGN radio. Chris Bowden joined by Blackhawks reporter weekend anchor here at WGN Joe Brand. And uh, we saw this coming when we last got together last Friday following the announcement of Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner and and Stan Bowman. We thought something was coming. Indeed, it did come. Sunday became official a couple of days later, and uh, we have a season. We also have a schedule, a Blackhawks schedule that just came out as we record here on Wednesday afternoon on the eve of Christmas Eve. And uh, we'll dive into that, but just, Joe, some first initial thoughts on the fact that, uh, yes, they're finally getting this done after taking Many precautions, precautions that they had to take, and we'll run over some of the interesting rules and regulations that will be required to pull this season off, at least at the outset. But uh, again, a little bit of buzz in the air, a little bit of excitement, and uh, it's just around the corner, January 13th, with the January 3rd start of training camp. Merry Christmas, Blackhawk fans. You get the reigning Stanley Cup champions to begin the season. You get to play them, oh, eight more times during the season. And the Stanley Cup runner-up. Exactly, exactly. Well, we were talking about before how it looked like it was going to be Pittsburgh and St. Louis and all the recent Stanley Cup champs in that division. It ends up being a little bit less than that. But, hey, you revive the... uh, Red Wings Blackhawks rivalry I'm sure the the diehards will be happy about that one but yeah it's of course it's unusual it's odd but so has this 2020 year been as well and this is actually just going to be a 2021 season it's going to be like in 2013 when the Hawks won the cup it only games in one year and it just for writing stances that that makes things a lot easier when you don't have to do the whole two abbreviated seasons right next to each other Blackhawks just like every uh, one of the other 30 teams in the NHL will have to play 56 games in a span of 116 days on this Blackhawks schedule. There are seven sequences of back-to-backs. Therefore, uh, have your goaltenders ready. Um, And I I would imagine it's going to be a fairly even playing field unless uh, one goaltender among the uh, three that the Blackhawks are expected to travel with in uh, Delia, in Subban, and and Lankanen. Unless one really goes head and shoulders above the other, there are seven sequences of back-to-backs there, but certainly an opportunity with enough spacing, even when they're in other cities or when they're playing the same team here at the United Center, oftentimes there is a space of a day between games. So if a goalie does perhaps uh, have a a good run going, they can bring that back. But uh, just to kind of 
reset and put this thing in a nutshell. The Blackhawks will open with games Wednesday, January 13th and Friday, January 15th against the defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they go and stay in the Sunshine State to Sunshine, Florida, where they take on Joe Quenville and the Florida Panthers. And uh, each of these new Central Division teams, seven foes, the Blackhawks will be facing them eight times, by and large, two at a time. There's one sequence where they play the Tampa Bay Lightning three consecutive games at home, and then... You know, they, they make one, Tampa makes one separate trip later on in the season to the United Center. So after that four game sequence on the road, Tampa Bay and Florida with uh, a day between games, uh, Wednesday the 13th, Friday the 15th, Sunday the 17th, and Tuesday the 19th, and it is back to the United Center for the home opener. And, uh, someone has a good sense of humor in the uh, NHL scheduling department because, of course, after, not having the Detroit Red Wings in the Blackhawks division. That's the opponent for the first two games at the United Center. Friday, January 22nd, and Sunday, January 24th. By the way, they're still going to have to announce the game times. They just wanted to get something here in place with with the dates. But yeah, a little bit of subtle sense of humor that uh, I'm not sure, with no fans in the stands, whether there will be piped in Detroit <laughs> chants at the United Center. I tend to think not, but but you never know. But uh, the Blackhawks back with it against the Detroit Red Wings uh, at the United Center to start things off in a home schedule. No, they're going to rely on you and John and Troy to to scream Detroit sucks because we're right in front of that section that normally does it anyway. Uh, And, I mean, don't forget Florida's coming up to Chicago for, let's see, four games. So Joel Quinville returning to the United Center for four more games this season. But the other thing that really strikes me, you know, you mentioned all the back-to-backs and obviously a condensed season just jam-packed from January to the beginning of May, but I mean, how many times, it looks like only once or twice they have three days off. <laughs> there's so many back-to-backs, there's so many every other days, and I mean, just just when you get to the fact of like, oh, three games in five days or five games in seven days, I think that's what's going to be most unusual for all these players and, and everyone involved, really. I mean, the back-to-back, I could see maybe yourself getting used to a little bit, uh, but when you mention the goaltending, I think this whole season kind of affects and maybe even benefits the Blackhawks situation the most because, again, we're going to see a lot of different goaltenders in Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban and Kevin Lankinen. In fact, don't you have to travel three goaltenders now? I think mm-hmm. I saw that rule in there as well. So that kind of works in their favor, at least I believe it can, because you know, you're going to get a lot of rotation from those guys regardless. Now this way, it's just kind of built in. You're not going to want the same guy going out there three times in five days, five times in seven days. So not only that, it it gives you the break with rotating these guys and and getting these different goalies instant experience and, and rapid experience. But also if someone's doing well and they get sat, there's nothing really to it. It's just, well, you know, we need you to take a breather when we need you to take a breather, and vice versa. If someone's having an off game, you know that you're going to get another opportunity, maybe the next game, maybe the game after that, so be it. But So, I don't know, I, with the Blackhawks-specific goaltending situation, I can see this season kind of benefiting them in that way. And one thing that we also have to kind of keep an eye on it, and uh, th- we'll, we'll talk, this involves some of the the new fangled rules here. A taxi squad, in addition to your 23-man roster, four to six players on a taxi squad, you must uh, have three goalies uh, traveling or with the team at a time during the course of the regular season. But some interesting decisions here with this taxi squad, if you're seeing players sit game in and game out, 
Yes, they're available. Yes, they're able to practice and travel with the team. And I imagine practices are going to be, you know, very much cut down in this, you know, intensified schedule, kind of like we saw in 2013. But if you're finding the same players sitting over and over again, a lot of these guys are younger, inexperienced players, too. At what point do you decide where, okay, they're just sitting around. They need to play in order to grow their game a little bit more. And this also goes for the goalie situation. If, say, Delia and Subban are holding down the Ford okay, and you have Kevin Lankinen sitting there waiting his turn, uh, how much good is it going to do for him to be traveling but not playing at all? Do you want to send him to Rockford and get a sequence of games in and perhaps bring... Uh, assuming the guy is going to be Matt Tompkins in Rockford being brought up as that third guy if Subban and Delia are doing their jobs, just as a case in point. So some interesting decisions that they have to take care of in terms of this taxi squad and the third goaltender, because you don't want guys sitting around and wasting a season if they're not going to get game competition in enough. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a catch-22. Uh, you know, the way I initially looked at this whole thing as well, there's a lot of young talent that the Blackhawks still need to figure out. They still want to see what they can do at the NHL levels, so that's why this is kind of a good circumstance for all of them, because you're guaranteed that playing time, but but you're right, what is best for that player, and I think it just kind of depends on the player. Um, you know, how many times do we see, in any sport, really, great young prospects come up, and they're not able to perform right at the get-go at the major league, or rather the professional level, um, but but that's okay sometimes because that's just everyone's got a different recipe. Everyone's got a different path. So I, I think in the long run, it's just going to depend on the player and what's going to work best for them. But at least this way, you still get a large, not a large sample size, but a consistent sample size of what these players can do at the NHL level on somewhat of a consistent basis. It all will end the regular season, Will, at the United Center Thursday, May 6th and Saturday, May 8th against the defending Western Conference champion, Dallas Stars. And uh, so let's really quickly take a look at what this reconfigured Central Division looks like, because Blackhawk fans... You might get tired of seeing Carolina and Columbus and Dallas and Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay playing those teams eight times each. You're going to get a heavy dose, and uh, you're going to have to uh, do your channel flipper uh, to look elsewhere to see what other teams across the league are doing, including some of the old rivals that the Blackhawks had in their division. It was determined that Dallas comes into the Central Division, while St. Louis and Minnesota, they will go out west in that uh, Western Division uh, with Vegas and St. Louis and uh, Colorado. Man, that's going to be a real dogfight between those three teams. But when you look at the Blackhawks division, yeah, you have to assume that Tampa Bay, and I'll be interested to see how, how Dallas is able to bounce back from their long run that they certainly earned and deserve. But how are they going to bounce back, especially with Ben Bishop out for a while and uh, having to rely on Anton Hadobin a whole lot? Uh, Carolina is a strong playoff team. You look elsewhere, uh, Florida was right there on the verge with the Blackhawks on the outside looking in, but then they were included when the playoff field expanded. Joel Quenville's team has, has made some changes in order to get a little grit, bit grittier and have perhaps a little less of the uh, high-flying talent in order to uh, bring in some more veteran guys to supply some grit. Uh, Nashville really wasn't playing all that well last season. They got knocked out early in that uh, return to play, but they have made a couple of moves in the offseason that should should strengthen their cause for those who you know, may not be necessarily a believer in uh, their new head coach, John Hines. So uh, you're going to get a heavy dose of these three teams, and I think 
by and large, where everyone kind of sees the Blackhawks fitting in, uh, you know, right now for this stated rebuild is, you know, perhaps finishing only ahead of the Detroit Red Wings. I think there's potential for a whole lot. A whole lot more has to come together uh, to perhaps leapfrog a team like Nashville or, or Florida or someone like that, uh, because the other, you know, some of these others are certainly playoff caliber teams. But right now, I think that's the bar that everyone kinds of kind of expects of these Blackhawks, and it's going to be up to them to kind of exceed those expectations with uh, this uh, mixed bag and quote unquote rebuild that they have uh, they're moving forward with here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like they're in the East. It's not like they're in the West. Or is it Pacific? I'm not quite sure. I didn't really get a, a <laughs> full look at the list of them. It's not the North. It's not the Canadian Division. Right. I know, I, I know that. that. I do know that, <laughs> which I don't know why they wouldn't just call it the Canadian Division. Um, but, look, it's it, it. I see it shaping up like... The Blackhawks will have a tough time, but they're going to find their stride at some point. And then they're going to go on a winning streak. And then they're going to put themselves in a position to maybe get a playoff spot. And I know that happened by basically a technicality last season, but it just seems like that's kind of kind of been the recipe lately for them. Uh, but it, it will be an uphill battle. There, there's no mistake about that. I'm not saying go ahead and bet that the Blackhawks make the playoffs this year. I just I think that... You know, with their experience, with their core, and with playing the same opponents over and over and over again, you, you might be able to figure out some things about your team and, and just generate some momentum, which the Blackhawks can still do. We've seen year in and year out them go on these crazy winning streaks that all of a sudden bring them back into the conversation. But speaking of playoffs, I mean, it is something to say that the first two rounds are also interdivisional. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not seeing another team whatsoever until the second to last round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's going to make things so interesting because, yeah, it's going to weed out the best teams heading into probably the final two with the Stanley Cup final. But to not play one of those teams whatsoever and then to have to beat them in a best-of-seven series, that's going to be intense. It's definitely going to be unique. That's going to be a lot of fun hockey to watch, whatever four teams yeah, right. Whatever four teams those teams end up being. Yeah, we're going back to the old school way of uh, the top four teams in the division, each division playing against each other in the first two rounds of the playoffs, one versus four, two versus three. And I think, you know, when you look at the Blackhawks division, obviously Tampa Bay and Dallas are the teams that are uh, expected and are heavy odds on favorite to just about punch their cards to to make it. Carolina and Columbus are probably... You know, the next level teams because they earned legitimate playoff spots in the top 16 last year. So those are the teams to watch. And then it's a matter of whether you can uh, battle it out and surprise against teams like Florida and Nashville uh, and Detroit, which is going uh, through an even deeper rebuild than the Blackhawks. And one thing you have to keep in mind, yes, when you look at the teams within the Blackhawks division right now and what their approach is and, and trying to go young, uh, certainly, when you look at it, the Blackhawks would in all likelihood be outside that top four. That does not mean they don't have a choice because when you just look at the crazy way this season is going to play out, I mean, Tampa's going to have to be ready from the get-go. And yes, they're a veteran team, as the Blackhawks were in 2013, where they didn't need that long of a camp. They didn't have that many changes in that previous offseason and uh, you know, were pretty much 
cohesive and knew each other and were ready to go. Tampa Bay's probably in that same light. But nevertheless, you're going to have some teams here that are just thrown completely off by the way this season is going to go, and they're going to have to certainly take advantage of that. And this 10-day training camp is going to be absolutely crucial for all these teams involved because uh, there is an urgency to get out of the gate quickly. Uh, not that you can't find your way over the course of whatever, four or five months in a 56-game season, but if you find yourself behind the eight ball, as the Blackhawks have unfortunately found themselves over the course of the last three years, not starting strong, uh, it's a tough climb to, to make your way to make your way uh, back into contention. And uh, a fast start is going to be uh, of the utmost importance here this year. And I, I know everyone likes to bring up the 2013 comparisons and, and what the Blackhawks did that year. But another big reason why they were so successful is because, I mean, all of the returnees from the 2012 season, I mean, there was not much change whatsoever. And, you know, I, I know I talked a lot about this when hockey was heading into the bubble in Edmonton and everything was totally foreign ground to that. I think it comes down to it again. It, it's going to come down to whatever team prepares the best for all of this. And I guess it's not even so much prepare because it's a 10-day training camp, but this is so unique to everybody. It's just what is the right recipe to approach this situation with with training, with scouting, and with practicing on your own terms? Because, again, there's probably not going to be much practice going on during the regular season. And I mean, with all that being said, this is going to be it's going to be huge for Jeremy Colleton. I mean, this is... Obviously, every head coach is going through this, but man, what a whirlwind that's got to be for an NHL head coach to figure out the right way of how to go about all this, to to make sure your guys are are ready and rested, but also prepared to play an NHL game almost every other day. It's 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 a very difficult thing to lead your team in, I would say. Yeah, and uh, the Blackhawks have their share of new faces, and the Yanmarks, and the Walmarks, and the Zadorovs, and Ian Mitchell will be incorporating himself, Pia Suter as well. Uh, there may be, a, there's a, certainly a couple of other guys there vying for position on the roster, and that yeah, you know, that ten day training camp is going to be like a, a cram course with no exhibition games either at all for these guys to get their stuff together. Uh, Kirby Doc right now is over at the World Juniors, which aren't uh, scheduled to end until slightly after the start of training camp. So the Blackhawks may have a decision to make there. Uh, I would imagine they would allow him to, if that Team Canada as the team captain. Uh, he's almost obligated to stay for the course of that, so we might not even be seeing Kirby Doc at the very outset of training camp either. So, yeah, it's it's uh, really like a, a, a cram course like you are in college studying for finals sometimes where you're trying to get your stuff together in the span of 10 days, and oh, by the way, you have to open the season against the defending Stanley Cup champion. So real quickly here, just some of the odds and ends. Camp starts on January 3rd. 36 skaters and an unlimited number of goalies allowed in that camp. Opt-outs are certainly going to be interesting in the Blackhawks case. Uh, if someone wanted to opt out, it would have to be by December 27th. And those are interesting cases because certain players have some family members who may be susceptible and vulnerable to uh, the COVID virus. Um, I, I haven't heard of any in the Blackhawks case, and uh, that certainly wasn't the situation when they returned to play last time. But you, you just never know on some of these things. I would imagine that number would be fairly limited around the league, but we shouldn't be surprised um, by anything. Um 
January 13th, the start of the regular season, a trade deadline of now April 12th, the end of the regular season, as we said earlier, Saturday, May 8th. And then the playoffs would start, I believe, on May 11th or 12th. The latest date of the end of the Stanley Cup final is now July 9th. And then you get into the whole expansion draft and the regular draft and free agency to close out the last week or so of July. So uh, definitely... Uh, a wild time here, but at least we have a little bit of excitement to plan for. And by the way, the players are being paid 72% of their salary for this season. Uh, they're giving 20% of a repay to owners for the revenue shortfall, the arrangement of 50-50 revenue split. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. And another 10% of the remaining 80% that they have will be deferred and um, reimbursed in increments. So uh, the players... Uh, certainly having to realize that the business is going to be completely different this year. There are a couple of teams like Dallas and Arizona who have said that they may, you know, uh, be able to and and do intend on having some fans in the stands. That's not going to be the situation with the Blackhawks here at the United Center, at least at the start of the regular season. Well, and during that entire hockey playoff bubble, I mean, NHL pretty much set the standard. Nobody coming down with COVID during the playoffs. So hopefully with that experience and that go through of proper protocols and uh, proper etiquette that all the players and the families of the players followed along with can kind of continue going into this season because that's the other thing with this jam-packed schedule I mean we've seen what's happened in baseball and in football the moment a team has one person with the virus things have to shut down so hockey is not immune to that that is probably hopefully not but probably going to play a factor in the regular season for 2021 but again with all the success that they had with the bubble hopefully everyone will understand that that's the best way to avoid any things like that and just quickly on Kirby Doc I mean man remember how much he had worked throughout quarantine leading up to that playoff hockey bubble and how much that paid off you almost wonder like I, I I'm with you that the Blackhawks will probably be fine with him finishing out the World Juniors with Team Canada. Maybe the fact of how training his his individual training before the hockey bubble benefited him and the team so well against Edmonton, they see that as, yeah, well, we need this guy to continue doing what he's doing and just staying on top of it because it, it improved his game even so much more. So maybe he can do a little bit more with that at World Juniors and, and just move on. And that's the other thing. The 2013 season that everyone keeps talking about, Patrick Kane said how much it benefited him and other players playing overseas just to stay loose. So why wouldn't you want one of your star players to continue to get the experience when they can have it because it's it's only going to benefit your team moving forward. Yeah, and that Team Canada team is stacked. Uh, a lot of people expect it to be involved in the gold medal game, which I believe would take place on January 5th. And so that does create a trickle-down effect whenever Kirby does come back. If he goes the, the complete limit there, he's an important guy. Uh, if he's going to be your number two center this year, uh, if he's going to be taking part in the power play and in penalty killing, which he was starting to do in the bubble as well. So there is a trickle-down effect. Great to see him get this opportunity, and uh, I think it's the opportunity of a lifetime to serve as captain of Team Canada because that's maybe may something that we see in his role down the road here on the Blackhawks, but it could have a detrimental effect here uh, at the outset. Just a couple of other things here on the resume to play, and we'll get to a couple of other nuggets before we wrap up here. Uh, but with the travel, 
Uh, players are not allowed any guests in the hotel. They cannot use a gym in the hotel. Obviously, common sense stuff. Assigned seating on buses and planes. Uh, obviously, they cannot go out in each town. They're going to have to have their meals taken care of and uh, fully prepared for them. It's not going to be going out and blowing off steam at a bar or a restaurant in some of these towns, much less uh, uh, Chicago, you would think. No housekeeping is allowed in the hotel during their stays there. Uh, some of the uh, other odds and ends that we, you know, have come to light, um, the travel parties are, are limited to the game rink, the practice rink, and the hotel. That includes all the staffing, uh, not just the players and the coaching staff, uh, too. We've also learned that uh, there will be no carpooling of players. They should get their individual rides even when they are here in town. Uh, there's probably one stone that we'll unfortunately discover was left uncovered, um, but uh, they're certainly dotting a lot of I's and crossing a lot of T's here. Uh, and it's something that they have to do in order to, or to pull this off because, you know, being as stringent as they were in Toronto and Edmonton, uh, during those playoffs, uh, they were certainly able to, to pull it off without any positive testing. It's a lot more riskier in this instance, but now that we're, you know, uh, seeing a vaccine become available and hopefully become a lot more available, the NHL certainly not going to jump to the front of the line. But until that happens, uh, they're trying to cover every stone that they possibly can. I really wonder what Blackhawks are better <laughs> at making their beds than others and, and how rancid some of those rooms will smell if they don't get housekeeping first, first zoom call of training camp with uh whoever the hawks make available to us media will uh yeah will be who, who are the yeah. <laughs> although most of these guys have their own hotel rooms by now i think on the road probably they're, but they're but splitting. still i mean are you are you just leaving your garbage in the trash can are you putting it out in the hallway to each his own, yeah yeah in these days to each his own um a couple of other, a uh, couple of other news and nuggets here in terms of some former Blackhawks. Drake Kajula landed in Arizona with the Coyotes. Uh, Anthony Duclair, who had himself uh, a real good season in Ottawa, reunites with Joe Quenville in Florida with the Panthers and the two-time Stanley Cup winner Michael Frolik, the penalty killer extraordinaire has found a home in Montreal with the Canadians. He's been bouncing around the league for a few years after the Blackhawks let him go. But as we record here on Wednesday following the schedule release, significant news came out in the morning, and it regards one of these young players who the Blackhawks were looking to learn, hopefully learn a whole lot more about this season after finally get a full NHL campaign under his belt. Alex Nylander, it was certainly a roller coaster ride at best with him last season. Uh, this was going to hopefully be a, all right, what do you got kind of year. Now that you have some NHL experience, and it was announced by the Blackhawks, he is going to be out four to six months after apparently tearing his meniscus in that return-to-play playoff, uh, in, in which Alex really struggled. And uh, they tried to treat it without surgery, wasn't doing, wasn't happening. And earlier this week, he did undergo surgery on that knee. So in all likelihood, he is going to be lost for the season. We didn't know what Alex Nylander was going to be. We were hoping to find out a little bit more of what kind of player uh, and, and what kind of ceiling he was going to be able to reach with this season. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be a throwaway. And now when you're trying to reconfigure your lineup and how guys certainly slot into certain positions. Nylander was certainly capable of being one of those top six guys. 
And now somebody else is going to have to step to the forefront. Uh, and we weren't even sure whether Alex was going to be capable of that. But it's a lost season, it looks like, nevertheless, for Alex Nylander. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, you try to look at the silver lining of this type of season that you have to have, and it's, okay, well, this is a year that we get to figure out more about Alex Nylander, where you don't have to put too much pressure on him, and, you know, you just kind of go out there, kid, and do it, and see what you got. And now they kind of get deprived of that, and and more than anything, it just kind of prolongs the identity of Alex Nylander on skates. Uh, Now you have to wait until next year to see another full year under his belt to see what type of hockey player he is. So, yeah, it's definitely just unfortunate news for everyone involved, whether you're an Alex Nylander fan or not. This would have been a, a perfect situation for him to kind of get low-pressure hockey experience. Not experience, but but just more work in. And he doesn't get that. Not only that, it's, it's got to be tough to come back from surgery and, and all that. And then, again, prolong all those emotions, all those feelings, and all that heartache of not getting out on the ice. And then there's just kind of added pressure the following year. So definitely unfortunate to see. And uh, hopefully he's a guy that can break through it. It opens a roster door for yeah. somebody, whether it's at one of those young guys, be it Brandon Hagel or, or, or you know, a guy like Philip Kurishev has certainly flashed when he's had training camp opportunities and, and, and uh, practice time opportunities, whether he's ready to make that jump or whether he's a taxi squad guy or whether you'd want him to spend an entire year of Rockford so he's really ready next year. Um, and then you have all these other candidates. What is Andrew Shaw going to be this year? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Uh, the Yanmarks and the Suiters and the Walmarts and the Stroms, who still has to get signed. Uh, so uh, some different questions as to where guys can potentially slot. There are certainly enough candidates on that Blackhawks roster, and uh, somebody is certainly going to have to step up with the absence of Alex Nylander. So it's uh, great that we're finally able to talk about a season. Let's hope everything goes smoothly here and they can pull it off. And I would imagine the next time we'll do a Blackhawks Crazy podcast is maybe after the uh, opening day of training camp on on January 3rd. We'll get to hear from some of the guys. Maybe the Blackhawks would do something prior to that. I think not, but uh, I think at the very latest we will hear from you, uh, or you'll hear from us on January 3rd with a uh, new Blackhawks Crazy podcast as training camp gets underway for what will be a quite unusual 2021 season, but can it get any more weird than 2021? was. So with that, we want to, again, wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a Happy Holidays to everybody. Uh, It's been a tough one. I hope uh, everyone is staying as healthy and smart as possible. And uh, for Joe Brand and for our producer, Curtis Koch, as well as for the voice of the podcast, Ernie Scatton, you hear him at the outset. Uh, We want to thank him as well. Appreciate you listening, and uh, Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you after the first year, maybe after day one of Blackhawks Training Camp 2021. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter, at Bowden Tweets, and at Joe underscore Brand One. That was great!